TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It is the Gopher Show on ScoreNorth.com, that fabulous Score North mobile app. I'm Manny Hill. Alongside me is uh, Ross Brendel, normal uh, host of the Gopher Show. I'm kind of making a, a rare appearance on the Gopher Show uh, in this edition. Well, we don't want it to always be so rare, but this just works uh, timing-wise with a guest that we have on the show today, which yeah. we will get to momentarily, probably in the uh, second segment. Ben Utech, former tight end for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, NFL alum as well that'll super be bowl fun. champion super bowl champion as we yeah. discussed a couple days ago caught a pass in that super bowl mm-hmm. maybe super bowl 41 with the colts yeah maybe we'll discuss that maybe we won't uh but by the way super bowl 41 opponent and final score is uh the indianapolis colts beat the chicago bears 29 to 17 at dolphins i think it was called dolphin stadium at the time I think Peyton Manning was the MVP. Most people should know this by now, but the only reason why I ask Manny, if you don't know this, Manny (laughs) can tell you every Super Bowl champion who they defeated, the final score, and where the game was played, going all the way back to Super Bowl one. I think that's a fantastic stat. You cannot stump him. You can try on Twitter, and it just (laughs) won't happen. At Manny Hill eighty four on Twitter, I am at Brendel Ross on Twitter. Great to be here, Manny. Before we get into our Great to be here. Didn't you already introduce me? I'm reintroducing myself. We've been That's on the fine. air for 90 seconds. It's a podcast. Yeah, that great always to, works. Great to be here. <laughs> great to be here, Manny Hill. Before we get to our guest, as mentioned, Ben Utech, the FPI Football Power Index, I believe, is how we call that. Am I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably even making that up. It would make sense. I only really know it as FPI. I've never put any. Right. I've never really put any stock into what the I stands for. I'm assuming it's index. I still. I, well, I'm guessing it used to probably, be probably because I think BPI is basketball power index. I think. I really hope we're wrong and people light us up and say how can that you would guys, be great. How can you not know this? <laughs> we don't really need to know what it stands for. All we really need to know is how it operates or what the uh, data or percentages tell us. Yeah. And basically, what it's laid out, Manny, is that the Gophers. Well, first off, have a pretty good chance to win the West if the FPI is to be believed. There is a part that I'm going to ask you on air that I still can't figure out. Mm-hmm. And we'll go through this. We might even read the percentages off. The Golden Gopher football team next year, according to ESPN's FPI, Manny, they're favored to win 10 of the 12 games on their schedule. <laughs> yet it says their projected record is 8-4. and four. So I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little lost as to how that happens. Eight and four, nine and three, something like that. Yeah, kind of in between there. Maybe they go and they, they run it all through and then they run a simulation. I don't know. I just find it interesting how they assign percentages to games. So maybe we should go through this really quickly. Yeah. And then we'll set up again our uh, guest in the second segment of the Gophers show. Actually, I find this this is a credit to South Dakota State because South Dakota State's a pretty good football team and what you know used to be the one double a i still refer to it as one double a because i'm old school <laughs> you're not buying into the the whole f fbs fcs concept i'm not against it i just still honestly have yeah. to think way too hard as to which one is which so it's easier mm-hmm. for me just to say one a and one double a totally with you on that the fpi giving minnesota only an 86.8 percent projection to win that game which my uh, lakeville education tells me 13.2% chance they could lose that game playing a one double A team. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if those are, I don't really think you like to see that. I don't want to dwell on it too much because I fully expect Minnesota to win the game. 
I only say it to say this, Manny, and this will lead me into Fresno State and Georgia Southern. I This is not your traditional three routes and move on to the Big Ten. I think each game presents some tricky challenges. I'm hopeful the Gophers will go 3-0. and mm-hmm. But there are, some, there are some tricky challenges here. At Fresno State in Week 2, the FPI projects a 71% chance at winning that game. And Week 3, 86.9% against Georgia Southern. So logic would tell you they get through the non-conference at 3-0. and yeah. but, but I've been on record with Daniel House and James Murphy, who have joined this show an awful lot. Of course, James, one of the co-hosts as well. The Fresno State game scares me, maybe not necessarily because of who currently plays for Fresno State. I know they've lost a lot. Mm-hmm. I just don't like traveling through two time zones and your first road game of the year late at night. I think that scares me more than actually the team on the field. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I, I guess if there's one thing that the Gophers will have going for themselves is that they would have a little bit of a longer week. That first game against South Dakota State is a Thursday night, August 29th. Um, then that next game against Fresno State, while it is a, a game in which they'd have to travel to the West Coast, it would be it would be the following or at least the next Saturday, September 7th. So they would get you know a, a couple of extra days to to heal the bodies and rest up a little bit, but. That still, I think that still presents um, a, a challenge for them having to go on the road, first road game, first road test of the season, and they're traveling out to the West Coast against a, a team that, even though they may have lost a lot from last year's team, it's still going to be a pretty formidable opponent. It's it's not going to be an environment that they're used to um, playing in because it's not a place that they have gone very often. In fact, I can't remember the last time Gopher football went out to Fresno to play uh, Fresno State. I know. I remember when they went out to play Cal many years ago, and I think Deshaun Jackson and Marshawn Lynch were on that Cal team, maybe back in the day out there. But Oregon State recently, but that was yeah. a that was a pretty brutal Oregon State team. Oh, God, and, it was awful. And if yeah. you want to go back like a decade ago, or ah, it might be a little less than that, they played a game at Colorado State. So yeah. So there's there is some history there, but I don't know how much that affects this team. If you want to get yourself excited, Manny, about a gopher football team getting off to a great start. Let's say they get off to that 3-0 and start in the non-conference. And you believe these numbers in front of me from the FPI, which I did confirm, mm-hmm. football power index. They'll start the Big Ten slate after a two-week break after taking on Georgia Southern at Purdue. Somehow the FPI gives Minnesota a 66.4% chance to win that football game. Boy, that seems really high to me. But yeah. hey, let's let's take it. Let's say they're 4-0. Manny, they could potentially get to 5-0, 85.3% chance to beat Illinois, 60.5% chance to beat Nebraska, mm. 81.2% chance to beat Rutgers, 84.1% chance to beat Maryland. Manny, that puts them at 8-0. That's... Can we allow ourselves to even believe that that's a poss- possibility? Man, it, I mean, it kind of looks like it, though, right? I mean, it's. It, I think it's. it is a possibility when you look at the schedule because it doesn't really get difficult on paper until the following week after Maryland, which is at home against Penn state in which the FBI has them at a 39.8% chance of winning. And that's a home game against Penn state. So that's when things could get, could get tough. These last four games on the schedules are, are the ones that could get very difficult for them. But if you're eight, no going into November 9th, at home against Penn State, and who knows 
how this team is feeling about themselves, if they are 8-0 going into that game, if they're confident, if they're rolling, if the momentum is carrying them through the season. I mean, it's 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 possible. I mean, I, I, I'm just – I'm really intrigued because I, I part of me – looks at those first eight games and, and thinks there's got to be there, there has to be at some point some hiccup in there mixed yeah. in somewhere and i have mentioned in gopher but shows, it, can't, it can't be illinois or rutgers like oh, that's let's hope not let's hope not right i've mentioned in gopher shows of the past the reason why i think they're right around a seven and five eight and four football team in this upcoming season is i think you're asking a lot for a very young team to replicate exactly what they did in the back half of last year, but for the sake of argument and for timing, so we can move on to our guest. Mm-hmm. Let's just say for fun, there ain't no. Let's be let's be pie in the sky, row the boat, sky yeah. you ma pumped up. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Manny, at that point at eight, no, they might look at the final two games or final four games and say, We only need to go two and two to represent the West in the Big Ten title game. Thirty nine point eight percent chance at home to beat Penn State, thirty seven point two percent chance on the road to beat Iowa. Then it gets better, Manny, according to the FBI. At Northwestern, 58.9% chance to beat Northwestern in Evanston. And then Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Can the Gophers claim the axe two years in a row? According to the FBI, almost a two-thirds chance that they will, 64.6%. Yeah. If you go off of that just by the percentages, 50.01 being greater that they would win the game, if that makes any sense. I'm sure people followed me. That's 10-2. and two. I yeah. think everybody would take that, especially James Murphy, who the last Gopher show <laughs> said they would go 10-2. and two. So and if you're listening, Murph, and I'm assuming you are, you've been validated by at least the FPI right here. And uh, This is fun fact, to talk about. It I, is very fun. And I will tell you, the last time... I feel like this is too good to be true, but I'm still going to be excited by it. And the last time, Ross Brendel, that the Gopher football team won 10 games in a season, our next guest was a part of that team back in 2003. Oh, you and are I the Segway master. I cannot wait to talk to Ben Utech in the next segment. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Welcome back to the Gopher Show. I am Ross Brendel, joined by Manny Hill. And as mentioned before the break, very special guest on the Gopher Show today here on Score North. We are joined by former Golden Gopher football great Ben Utech. Ben, thanks for making time for us. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining the Gopher Show. Well, thanks, guys, and, and any time I get a chance to talk go for football, I'm not, I'm not going to pass it up, so I, I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we are going to get there. We'll talk go for football, I promise, but we also want to put in a plug for Moon River, the best of Andy Williams featuring yourself, coming up on Sunday, July 28th at the Ames Center. And, Ben, you're going to have to even give me a little bit of a background here because (laughs) I'm an Andy Williams guy, but i got to be honest, until a couple years ago, I thought Andy Williams only did Christmas music. (laughs) Right. So you're going to have to give me a little bit of a background on Andy and just uh, enlighten us and let us know a little bit, not just Manny and I, but the listeners about the show and what they'll be seeing. Yeah, well, thanks, Ross. Listen, I, I, I thought the exact same thing. I grew up listening to the Christmas songs of Andy Williams, and I got a call from a Minnesota Music Hall of Famer, a guy named Mick Sterling, who's uh, an icon here in Minnesota and has become a mentor and a a dear friend, asking if I'd want to produce a Christmas show called An Andy and Bing Christmas. And we set out to do that four years ago, and it's become a a very big success here in Minnesota. And um, out of that, uh, I fell in love with this iconic 
American balladeer of Andy Williams and, and discovered how massive this, uh, this tenor was for his, for his, uh, his days. He sold 110 million records. Um, and he's a Midwestern guy, grew up in Wall Lake, Iowa, and made his way around the Midwest and um, really got his, his start in L.A., had, had that TV show on NBC for 11 years where he performed with um, the biggest names in the world. And so um, I didn't really realize how, how special this voice was until doing that Christmas show. And I thought to myself, you know what, Let, let's give people a walk down memory lane and, and let's put a show together with a 12-piece orchestra that, that highlights the greatest hits of Andy Williams. And nobody else is doing it. So I'm excited to bring it to Burnsville, Minnesota here on July 28th. Ben, since your retirement from the NFL, you've you've done a lot on stage, musically performing. Was this something you kind of kept at least maybe behind the scenes or maybe just even practicing at home during your college football and NFL career? How did this transition happen after your playing days? And was it a fairly seamless transition or is it still a work in progress? Well, that's a great question, Ross. Thanks for asking. You know, um, I'll never forget um, when Coach Mason asked Dan Nystrom, if you remember uh, the great kicker for the Gophers, Dan Nystrom and myself, who who was also a singer to sing the national anthem against Purdue uh, after 9-11 attacks happened. And uh, that was the, really one of the first times that uh, I, I stepped outside of of um, – of that musical talent. And um, believe it or not, my first introduction into the NFL was not as a football player. It was as a singer. I was asked to sing the national anthem at my first preseason football game against the Buffalo Bills in Indianapolis. So the RCA dome of 75,000 Indianapolis Colt fans saw me first as a singer uh, before being a tight end. So, um, you know, those types of experiences, I think, really uh, launched me into that passion of music. And and Coach Dungy was very supportive as I was singing quite a bit while I was playing. And then after I had to retire due to concussions in 2010, I, I moved to Nashville to to really give this a, a real chance of, of building a career. And so... Since then, uh, moving back to Minnesota in 2011, um, music has been a, a passion along with my leadership speaking, and and so I do a lot of that, and, and it's it's always fun to break stereotypes. Nobody expects the singing football player, let alone a guy singing Andy Williams. So talk, you mentioned Coach Dungy, and, and you know I, I remember when you were playing with the Colts, that thought of that that connection that you and Tony had I, I would imagine was pretty strong because you guys were both um, obviously he was the head coach of the Colts at the time but also you guys were both gopher alums and mm-hmm. uh, you know I know with your Christian faith and everything there was certainly uh, obviously a connection there but you know what what was that like you know getting that opportunity to play in Indianapolis for you know a, a guy underneath a, a coach that uh, you had I would imagine such a strong connection with yeah, man, it was honestly, it was a dream come true. And, and I, I owe so much to Tony Dungy because my senior year with the Gophers, which was a great year, we went 10-3. and three. Um, 
unfortunately, I had a pretty serious uh, abdominal injury, a, a, a significant sports hernia, which which took me out of the draft. I went from being a potential first rounder to not getting drafted due to that injury. And Coach Dungy had made a promise at a speaking event on the University of Minnesota campus that if for some reason I slipped through the cracks, he'd be the first person to call. That was in front of about, I'd say, six or 700 people at the McNamara Center on campus. And uh, I got to the NFL draft, and, and name after name was called, and I had found out that all the teams decided to red flag me because of the injury risk. Um, and so I thought, really, I thought my career was over, to be honest with you guys. And I was sitting across the table from my agent, and the free agent market opened. And about 20 seconds after, the phone on my agent's desk rang, and I picked it up. And sure enough, it was Tony Dungy. He was the first person to call, like he promised, two months prior in front of all of those people. And uh, it was him, he along with Hall of Fame general manager Bill Polian, just telling me that they knew how talented I was and they knew what the injury was. They wanted to give me surgery and, and give me the whole first year to just get better. And on top of that, they would pay me as though I was a playing rookie. And uh, three years later, I became one of the starting tight ends on a Super Bowl championship team. And, it, and none of that happens without the promise kept uh, by the great Tony Dungy. And so he, he means a lot to me and, and, and is really, really my miracle story to, to the NFL. Ben, I want to ask you about another coach that you had. I want to ask you about Glenn Mason. But before I do that, I got to ask you, have you ever sat just maybe in your living room? Maybe it's at dinner. Maybe you're just hanging out with your family. Have you ever thought about the sheer small percentage it is to catch a pass in a Super Bowl? And you're one of those people to have done that. <laughs> that's incredible. Like Manny, wow, and I were, Manny and I were talking about that a couple days ago. Yeah. And it's that's really tough to quantify. The percentage has to be... So minuscule, but you're one that's, of those guys. You know, Ross, I've never actually thought about that. Um, you know, we, we all hear the statistics about, you know, 1% of every Division One football player makes it to the NFL. So I've, I've, I've kind of had an opportunity to, to digest that and, and realize what a blessing it is based upon that. But then even to take that 1% and shrink it down to those who have played in the Super Bowl, let alone catch a pass, um, yeah, that's a that's a what a what a profound realization I think uh, that you just gave me there. That that uh, that makes that catch even more special to me right now. Well, we're gonna go from something profound, and I I hope I'm gonna have you dig deep here. So you told sure. that's a great story about Tony Dungy, and, and thank you very much for sharing that. The one thing that I've gotten to know, obviously, growing up here in the state of Minnesota, following Gopher football forever, current Gopher football season ticket holder. Glenn Mason's a great storyteller, Ben. He can he can tell some great stories. <laughs> I want you, can you tell us a story that maybe people don't know, something funny that he did, maybe something <laughs> funny he did to you? You know, without getting him in any trouble, can you divulge some great Glenn Mason story to the Score North Gopher listeners? <laughs> well, yeah, so there's, you know, there, I'll, I'll give you a, a sentimental and a, and a funny story the sentimental story is is uh, I came out of Hastings which was an option run team I was a wide receiver uh, we maybe threw the ball 15 20 times a season that was it so it, it I was never going to get recruited ba- you know based upon the amount of balls that were in the air in Hastings at that time and so I went to the 
gopher football camp as a junior. I was 16 years old, and I had an incredible camp. And um, at the end of the camp, Coach Mason asked my dad and myself to come into his office, and he leaned over the table and said, you know, we're just, uh, we're just really pleasantly surprised at what we experienced with you at this camp, and we want you to be the first commitment. Um, and he reached over the table and, and gave me his hand and said, you know, I'd love to have you be a, be a gopher. And that changed my life. And so uh, not, not too many people know that story. I mean, I was 16 years old when he offered me uh, uh, a scholarship to play at the University of Minnesota. And, and the, the ripple of effect of that was, um, was, was huge. Now, the funny thing is that, you know, uh, Coach Mason, when he demanded something, you better give it to him. And I remember one time there was a defensive end that we were playing, uh, that we were um, uh, in practice was uh, unfortunately not fixing the mistake that he was being called out on. And so about, oh, I'd say maybe a good, three or four blocks away from from the, the training facility on campus, there's a McDonald's. And he made he made this defensive end leave practice in all of his gear and sprint down to McDonald's and pick him up a a happy meal or something and run it back to practice. <laughs> so he, that was the kind of coach he, he was and and um but but uh you know what he got he got uh he got the, the the desired behaviors out of those players, and and uh, and I uh, was blessed to have been a part of those teams. You mentioned uh, the, the ten win season in two thousand three, Ben, and and what was that like? Because that had to have been a, a special year for you guys. It, it was the first ten win season in Gopher football since I don't know probably the, the early parts of the the nineteen hundreds. I think like like the the thirties or something like the twenties or the thirties. It had been a really long time since. Mm-hmm. Gopher football had won 10 games in a season and for you to be a, a, a part of that and you know you mentioned coach Mason and you know Mace you know Ross and I have followed Gopher football since we were kids and you know we remember the the the, the tough years before before Mace got there and Mace obviously came in and really turned things around for the program and, and put the program on the map and you were a big part of that and what was that like being a part of of sort of a change in in the history of go for football and getting the program uh, back in the right direction. Uh, you know, very special. I'll never forget one of the one liners coach used um, in that in that uh, special office meeting that I had when I committed to the University of Minnesota because I was I was going to go to the Penn State football camp just after the Gopher football camp, and he had said to me. Um, you know, you have an option. You can wake up on third base thinking you hit a triple or you can stay here at home plate and put in the the work to round every base and rebuild a program. And it was his way of saying, look, you can go to one of these bigger programs that's already established and just step right into, you know, to, uh, you know, to victory, or you can be a part of doing something really special here in your home state. And, and that, that was um, that was a defining moment for me because I wanted to be a part of something like that. Uh, that ten and three season is obviously really special because of the outcome um, of the games won. At the same time, if you recall, it was uh, it, it's kind of one of those end of the seasons that that 
still gives me as an athlete nightmares because of that infamous Friday night loss yeah. to, to, to Michigan, you know, where we were up. I wasn't going to bring that up, Ben. Uh, I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> you know, my, my, all of a sudden, my, I just felt like my heart started to flutter. So I appreciate that, guys. No, it, you know, it. it um, hey, you brought it up. We didn't. I know I did. I brought it up. But, you know, <laughs> It, 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 the, I, I I believe to this day that if 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 that comeback wouldn't have happened, if we would have been able to hang on to that win, I, I don't think we lose to Michigan State uh, the following week. Um, I, I think we potentially go undefeated because we beat Wisconsin and we beat Iowa. And so I I, I look back on on that season, just realizing how talented that team really was and and the potential that that team had to to bring us back to a Rose Bowl and, and hopefully PJ Fleck can can uh, can can create that change here in Minnesota. Our guest here on the Gopher Show is Ben Utech. We'll uh, close and revisit a topic that we started with Moon River, the best of Andy Williams featuring Ben. We want to give him an opportunity to plug and talk about that in the close. Ben, before we circle back to Moon River, there's still a few other things I think we want to get to. I think I may know your answer based off of what you just said, but I, I don't know, so I'm going to ask. College or professional, I know you're a little bit removed. Is there a team that you see on Saturdays or Sundays that still just bugs you? Like you don't even like seeing them on TV. You don't like hearing their name. You don't want to see their uniforms. You hope they lose. You hope they lose every game from here until the end of life. Is there a team that just still bugs you to this day? Gosh. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm going to be a broken record to so many NFL fans by saying the Patriots just because everybody's just tired, <laughs> just tired of the Super Bowl championships. Um, but they're probably they're probably one of my number ones along with um, with uh, with Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh just because of the battles that you had and the types of personalities that you had in those teams that that just you know you know, made those, those games so epic in nature. Um, you know, and, and obviously as a, as a gopher, uh, I'm, I'm always at odds with Iowa and Wisconsin. I mean, there's not, there's not a, a year that goes by where I'm not on the phone with, uh, with Dallas Clark, the great tight end from Iowa the week before the, the Hawkeye gopher game, you know, making bets on who's going to win and what's the, what, you know, what what's going to be the what what's going to be the outcome you know for the guy that loses um so those are probably the the saturday and sunday teams that that uh you're never going to see me watching well and if you're thinking fridays in high school you being a hastings guy you probably say park cottage grove too right? <laughs> that's right yeah, that's right. <laughs> actually you know what it would have been even prairie to be honest with you because they were such a dynasty back in back in those days and you couldn't compete with like the two to three players deep that they had um, on the, on the sidelines. Um, but yeah, Park Cottage Grove was definitely one of those, those town rivalries. Hey Ben, we didn't mention that we would bring this up, but I know you'll have, I don't think you'll have any problem talking about it. I know you mentioned concussions at the beginning. I know you do a lot of work with brain injuries and concussions and awareness. Can you, can you update us on some of the things you're, <laughs> you're involved in and even just the, the general knowledge of concussions, the twins are dealing with it right now with with Byron Buxton. I'm not sure exactly yeah. how they've how they've worded it, 
But I always get lost a little bit in what is the true difference, and I'm not saying you know this answer, but me as a fan, I get lost into what's the true difference between concussions and concussion-like symptoms. To me, it sounds sounds almost like the exact same thing. You might have have a little (laughs) bit more info on that than I do, but just your general involvement, because I know it's a topic that's near and dear to you. Well, I mean, concussion, concussion-like symptoms, I mean, as you know, every player is a cost per unit in professional sports, and they, they cost the team money whenever they're not on the field. So, you know, there's still going to be that, that natural pressure that comes out of, out of sports to keep players on the field if they're able to play, and I think that that's probably where you get some of those, um, you know, some of those uh, those phrases that, that are that sound like they're describing the same thing. Um, you know, it's, you know, for me, I've wanted to always be vulnerable about my story, uh, because I do believe that one thing I took for granted was, was my brain. And I, I didn't really recognize that until I started having some memory issues. And I realized how important those memories are to my identity, especially being a father now. And, and looking ahead to the future. So, but at the same time, I love football and I love sports. And so I've always, I've always wanted to have this message of, of pro brain, pro game. And I think as fans, that's a universal platform that we can all get behind where, you know what, Let, let's understand on a deeper level, how important our mind and our memories are uh, to who we are. At the same time, we have to, we have to continue to s- support athletics because of all of the wonderful opportunities they provide uh, for, for youth and the life lessons that they provide. Um, and, and there's a balance in there that, that we can all get behind. Uh, Minnesota is a fantastic state for that. Um, you've, you've obviously, we have, we have the Mayo Clinic here in town, but we also have uh, HCMC, which has a fantastic um, uh, concussion um, um, part of their hospital we've got the american academy of neurology which is the most prestigious neurology group in the world downtown minneapolis and i sit on their their public board of the american brain foundation so it's you know there's a lot happening uh, for the good of athletes uh performance and for their brain health ben where do you feel we are now with concussions versus um versus even you know recently as recently as when when you played and and when you were done i mean how 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 far have we progressed now in in in, as far as the awareness do you feel like we're in a in a good place and 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 do you feel like we're headed in the right right direction as far as knowledge and the advancement of technology and and you know the overall education on all of this where do you feel Mm -hmm. like we're at as far as that's concerned i i think the answer is yes to all of the above i think we've made significant improvements in all of those areas and they're going to continue um they're going to continue to come I, i think i think we've learned the importance of of having strong advocates because the that those advocates have i think helped drive public perception which which has provided um, the right kind of pressure for sport organizations at every level to take this seriously. I, as a fan, I don't believe that I've seen, you know, I, I've seen these changes affect the competitive nature of, of sports either. I mean, you know, and, and, and you really can't, especially with football. I think that's one thing we all have to accept is football is a, we love it because it's a, it's a, you know, um, it, it's a contact 
violent sport. And, and, and because of that, we just have to do our best to make sure that we're, um, we're keeping player safety at a, at a, at a premium. And I think if we do that well, then as fans at every level, we can, we can sit back, rest assured that, that, um, that players are being taken care of and that things are being done the right way. But, but we do have to keep holding people accountable to that. And, and I think we're in a good place. I think all the new rule changes have, have, um, have helped with player safety. Um, all the helmet manufacturers are really focusing on how they can create, um, uh, uh, better equipment and all the, all the research that are, that are coming out of, out of the brains that are, that are being donated is giving us a lot more understanding on how to, help uh, rehabilitate uh, players that are struggling. All right. Transitioning to today's uh, Gopher football program. Uh, how much, how much do you pay attention to the squad now? What do you think of PJ Fleck? Me and Ross were just talking in the last segment uh, before we got you on uh, the new FPI, the football power. What do they call it? Ross, the football Football power index. index. Ben, here's an example of two guys who watch a ton of college football and still can't tell you what FPI (laughs) FPI stands for. I had to look it up. But the the projections for the 2019 Gopher football program, Ben, has this team winning uh, somewhere between eight, you know, either eight or nine games, going eight and four, nine and three. And the projections as far as like percentage points are concerned, has the Gophers going ten and two right now? I mean, what what do you think of where this program is at? Uh, PJ Fleck as a whole, what what do you think it would have been like for you to play under a guy like PJ Fleck, or where are you at on all of that? Well, I'm a big I'm a big PJ Fleck fan. I, I'm you know a lot of what I do outside of music is devoted towards uh, leadership speaking and training uh, high high performance culture. Um, I got all of that out of my time with Tony Dungy, the, the idea that you can build better men and get better football players, um, that you can practice a belief system that will drive culture. So I, I think, you know, to have somebody who takes that very seriously and, and finds unique ways to practice it, I think, I think um, that's going to have a great effect on on the team and, and the, on the field performance. Now he, he came in claiming that, that he was going to out recruit. And I think, uh, based upon who he's bringing in, I, I think we're, we're seeing the evidence of that. And so you're going to take the youngest team in college football last year, and you're going to bring back all of those players. Uh, you, you've now added even four star players to the roster. Uh, I think that, my greatest hope is we're going to see here in the next couple of years, go for football, come to life and in new ways. So I I don't always pay a whole lot of attention to statistics because uh, any, any given Saturday, right. Any given Sunday, it, it, uh, it's um, to really create the right, the right team, the right family as coach Dungy always, always talked about is it's, it's a challenging thing to do, but I think he's, I think he's put the players and he's put the system and, and, and the culture in place in order to do it. Now we just have to uh, we just have to see the um, the offensive and defensive strategies come to life and, and and hopefully they're going to enable these players to to give us those wins. Ben, I was going to start to wrap this up, but something you just said sparked one more question. The recruiting aspect, so many times growing up, I would hear from my friends who you mentioned, Iowa and Wisconsin, friends who 
may support those teams and thinking out loud if they support Iowa and Wisconsin they might not actually be my friends the more I think about it <laughs> but you I would always hear oh you, you just can't recruit to Minnesota hard to win at Minnesota you can't recruit there well you went through it you turned out to be a great player you chose Minnesota is it really that difficult to recruit to Minnesota I always like to tell people and I've said this in past for shows if there are things you don't have sell what you do have is it is it really that much more difficult? I get it. There's always going to be the allure if you're one of those players to go to a Notre Dame, go to an Ohio State, maybe go to a Florida, Florida State. I, I get that. But is it really that much more difficult to recruit to Minnesota over said Wisconsin or Iowa? I don't buy it, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, well, I think all we can do is look at the evidence. And I think that there was a an ideology that was being practiced for many years that believed in that philosophy. And I think it, it, you needed, it needed to be disrupted and you, you needed the right personality to come in and disrupt it. You, you weren't, you weren't necessarily going to get that with the other uh, coaches um, that, uh, that have, that have been in this program recently because their you know, their personality types were, were very good for very specific, you know, for very specific things. So that, you know, I think, um, I think what we're seeing now is that what coach Fleck believes is, is becoming a reality and he's going all out. I mean, um, you know, it was just, uh, I think a year ago when I I live in Lakeville now and uh, to hear about uh, coach Fleck flying the helicopter into the Lakeville football stadium. uh, um, uh, Those types of things never happened when, when players were getting recruited when, when I was, when I was around. So, you know, to the extent that, that PJ has the ability to do uh, whatever he can to, to, to break that, that stereotype, I think he's doing, and I think it's working. Ben, as a proud graduate of the Lakeville High School, I'm very proud to know that you are now making your home in Lakeville. <laughs> and I say the not to be pretentious, but when I graduated, there was only one <laughs> high school. So that's, that's why I say <laughs> yeah. That's why I go with the Lakeville High School. Ben, let's close again, circling back to where we started. Moon River, the best of Andy Williams, featuring yourself. I actually may be free that afternoon, so I'm thinking about stopping over because I, I made a little bit of a jaunt. I'm now in Apple Valley, but I may potentially be able to get over awesome. there that day. But let, let's circle back, remind everybody, remind everybody, excuse me, about Moon Good. River, the best of Andy Williams, featuring yourself, coming up at the Ames Center. And I do want to mention ames-center.com ames-center.com if you're looking for tickets well and thanks again guys for your support you know it's always been fun for me to to break stereotypes as i've said and 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 music has been a very important part of that and i and i get to share some of those really uh powerful football stories and music during the course of this uh concert as well but but uh it's really to give people that grew up uh listening to andy williams and experiencing those songs a chance to 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 remember and uh, I, I always, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it very well. And so, uh, you, you know, Andy Williams uh, always had a, a big live orchestra, and that's what we're going to do as well with a 12-piece orchestra. I've got some fantastic duets being sung by Amy Lee, who's uh, one of the best female vocalists in Minnesota. I've got uh, Nashville uh, piano phenom uh, Matthew Ulrich coming up to be my musical director and play the keys. Um, there's 25 of of Andy's greatest hits um, that I'm going to be singing. And, you know, we did it at, at 3 p.m. as a matinee so that people could go out for dinner afterwards. And so please, 
uh, come and, and experience this. You know, support me on July 28th at 3 p.m. at the Ames Center. Uh, it's a beautiful venue. It's a wonderful theater, and um, I look forward to uh, to crooning every every one of you that can show up. Ben, I know you have your own website too, so if you want to plug that really quickly, go right ahead. I was actually on it earlier today. It, it looks like we can find you to do literally anything. That's how that's how well <laughs> how well rounded you've become post your football days. Yeah, the website really focuses on my passion for for speaking and and the the lessons that I learned from playing with Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning and and so if you want to check that out it's it's uh, www.ben-utech.com and uh and um you'll you'll have a, a chance to learn a little bit more about what I speak on as well. So thanks guys. Ben, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciated talking. Go for football, Moon River, the best of Andy Williams, and pretty much everything we covered this last 30 minutes or so has been a blast. So thank you very much, and hopefully we can do it again down the road. Yeah, anytime. Stay stay tuned. And Ross, if you want tickets, just let me know. Perfect. Thank you, sir. All right, guys.